Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Manchester United are held by Wolves at home at Old Trafford. Bruno Fernandes is signed and so is Odion Agallo. He's flown from Shanghai to join the team he supported as a kid in Nigeria. We're talking about both of those signings, a draw against Wolves and a win at Manchester City that doesn't send United through to the League Cup final. And as always, we've got our youth loan and women's roundup on Series 5, Episode 26 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast with Harry Robinson and Jack Tate. Right, Jack. It's been a couple of days since since we were we were held by Wolves. Um, that game was sat- the Saturday evening. We're recording this on on Monday evening. So let's start not on the game itself, which didn't have that much content, but on um, on Bruno Fernandes, who made his debut. He started when when some weren't expecting him to do so. I, I thought he might come off the bench, but then when I woke up on the morning of the game, I thought, Nah, nah, he's going to start. He'll be fit enough. And it, it wasn't a dream debut, but he was he was hailed by by the fans at Old Trafford. He was signed to be a creative force and. I think it'll, it'll slowly come into that, won't it? I mean, yeah, it wasn't the ideal game to be coming into in terms of the result. But I think he did, he did okay. I, I think for someone who had had one training session and just joined the club three days before, I think he did about as, as well as you could have expected. It, it was the type of game where we we hope he, his influence will really be felt. He's the kind of player that we need to try and help us break down teams when they sit deep against us, which we haven't been able to do so far this season. There wasn't anything particularly remarkable about his performance but I thought he was good he, he had some some nice play I still think he's being used a little bit too deep it almost seemed at times like he was being pushed deeper to accommodate Andreas Pereira playing in a, a, a more forward role and I hope we will see Fernandes yeah. pushed a little bit further up the pitch because I really think that's where he's at his best but obviously we are constrained by you know the, the lack of fitness in our squad how many players we have out injured at the moment yeah 
But I, I think overall it was pretty much what you'd expect from a player who'd come in three days before and had one training session and, and <laughs> sort of got, got thrown to the wolves. Well, it, it was it was reported by people that you, you can probably trust that Manchester United's players, so Bruno Fernandes' new teammates were, were, I don't know what the word is, delighted, thrilled, pleased or even surprised at, at how good he had been in training. Um, when I mean, when you've been playing with, with Mata, Lingard and Pereira, it's, it's probably not that much of a surprise. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think he will be used. I, I think you're right that the, the deep position isn't the one we want to see him in. And it's, it goes, it's the same problem that United had with Paul Pogba. It's that the, the other midfielders weren't good enough that you could afford to put Pogba, Fernandes, whoever it may be, in that more attacking role. I think if Pogba comes back, if he is going to be a long-term um, player for United, which doesn't seem likely... But whether Pob was coming back or McTominay or even Nemanja Matic, because if Matic had been available for that Wolves game, it's pretty certain you see a midfield two of, of Matic and Fred behind yeah. um, Fernandez. in which case things might have been slightly different. Um, Solskjaer was, was furious about the Matic sending off and, and thought that the first yellow he got at City shouldn't have been one. And, and to be honest, had he been in that Wolves game, not for his ability, but for the fact that you could put Bruno Fernandes higher up, it's possible that United might have got a better result. So I, I think he will be used in that in that role in future. And the, the one concern I have, and this is, is not something that's going to be changed by where he plays, is that United's attack has, has for far too long been... It, it needs to be better organised and better trained. It's, it's, a, it's a criticism that Solskjaer's had yeah. as well as... And it goes back to Mourinho as well. And the attacks rarely looked as if it has been trained and well instructed. There's no, there's no kind of regular organised patterns of play. It's, it's, it's too reliant on individual quality. And Fernandez won't, in, in that regard, I don't think Fernandez will be able to make that kind of impact unless he's got the players moving around in front of him, as you see with, with the top teams. Well, I think that's a, it's a product of, of being a midfield player. I think it's not... Midfielders, just by the, the very nature of, of the position, they're reliant on those around them to be able to impact the game. You know, obviously... Sometimes you see players like Felipe Coutinho, who made a, a name for himself for his ability to score from long range, obviously can do sort of stuff on their own. But I mean, for most players, that's very low odds, low percentage option. And so the majority of the time, midfielders are very reliant on those around them to be able to impact a game. You know, you see the likes of, of Kevin De Bruyne, who for me is is definitely sort of top three players in the Premier League. But part of the reason why he is so good and why he is so effective in that City team is because as soon as he picks up the ball... He has four or five options around him because the movement in that team is so good. We just don't have that at all. You So many times this, this season you watch us play and we're playing against these deep blocks. There's absolutely no movement. You have a striker facing up to the ball with two defenders defenders around him, fullbacks out wide. Then we have our wingers pushed in field, just taking up the space of the striker. In midfield, there's, there's no intricate pattern to play. There's no real organisation in terms of the way we play. It's, it's all very sort of off the cuff, very spontaneous, which sounds great in the, you know, let players be themselves, let themselves, let them express themselves. But when you're playing against deep blocks, that isn't the type of game that you can afford to play. You need a a more organised system. And it was one of the criticisms that I had of, of United after the, the City game as well. And I mean, we'll come on to talk about it a little bit more afterwards, but for all the positives, and it was obviously a great result, our second win in the, at the Etihad in, what, a couple of months very few teams can go to the Etihad and, and beat them twice in a season. But I think it's very telling that even when we were pushing for the lead, and don't get me wrong, Matic's sending off did change the game somewhat, but we didn't have a single clear-cut chance all night. I mean, even the goal was yeah. a, 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 ma- a great finish from, a from, Matic, header, yeah. from Matic that came out of nothing, really. It wasn't, you wouldn't say you were expecting him to score that. And we, we didn't create a single chance all night. And that is a massive worry. Yeah, and to pretend that... 
I, th- I think I saw some people um, defending the draw and I think it, it's not the worst result. It, it wasn't a, a good game and United should have won it because Wolves were pretty poor. But to pretend that Wolves um, are, are, can't be broken down is, is silly because they're a good team, but, but they can be because Southampton, Watford and Brighton have all scored twice against Wolves in recent months. And yeah, you can say yeah. certain games are different. They approach it in a different way, but still United have, have, have to look at themselves and how they can do that. And you're right, the City game was was the same example. City are another team that are, are incredibly easy to, to score against at the moment and the fact that United have done it on a number of occasions tells you all you need to know but there have been plenty of teams that have gone to City and either got a result and if they haven't got a result they might have got one or two goals. So, But I, th- I think if you look at, at United's coaching setup, obviously Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is a, a, a striker who, who was a, a fantastic finisher, his movement was fantastic, he was normally in, in the right place at the right time when the cross came in. He can obviously help with with Martial and, and Rashford in that respect, and particularly with Marcus Rashford, he, he's quite obviously helped in that, and we've seen it. And I think the, the goal against, I think it was Newcastle on Boxing Day, where Rashford was at the far post and and hit it on the volley um, to in in that four one yeah. win. That was a that was probably the best example of, of of Rashford being trained in that way. But even beyond that, you look at Kieran McKinnon when he was under 18s manager for United, it was all about having that that fluidity and attack, allowing the players to express themselves. Now, as you say, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but you need some kind of of structure there Mike Phelan's not going to offer you from from what I I can see and what you hear he's not going to offer you that that um forensic detail in in attacking structures that you're going to get Mark Dempsey's probably not going to do the same and, and Michael Carrick isn't going to going to be that person either unless he's he's really developed as a coach so I think you look at United's coaching setup and it, it is good and I think there are some really big positives in there in the way that they they manage manage players, manage their attitudes, and also the way that they can come up with some some tactical surprises. The, the Luke Shaw, Brandon Williams double left back against Liverpool and City both worked on both occasions. But you don't get the sense that there's this this uh, insightful attacking mind in there. And perhaps Solskjaer and United need to look at bringing another coach in because having having more coaches isn't necessarily bad. I think you don't want a, a ridiculous surplus, but having a dedicated coach to, to that front three could be a, a really positive step for United. Well, I, I think what, what frustrates me isn't necessarily the fact that we struggle to score goals. Every, every team goes through periods like this and regardless of the fact that Martial, Rashford, Greenwood, James all are very talented players with a lot of potential. They, they're far from the finished product. So I don't I don't necessarily expect Solskjaer to come in and, and overnight, yeah. you know, completely transform all three or all four of those players into, you know, world-class forwards. What I do expect, though, is a little bit of progress and a sense that we're moving towards a system and that we have a way of playing in place that every week you can come out and say, United are going to play this way. And that, to me, is is the time when you can accept results not being as good as you might hope because you can see the, the plan coming forward. It's the same reason why, for all the sort of laughter about the fact that Jurgen Klopp never won any trophies in his first four seasons at Liverpool or whatever it was, from Liverpool fans, there was never really any suggestion that Klopp wasn't taking them forward and that he should be sacked because you could at least see the vision, you could see the progress that was being made implementing that system. And for me, actually, forget the results. That is my biggest criticism of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because... It was the main thing that we all criticised Mourinho for. We sat here, people on Twitter sat there, every every United fan was sitting there saying, when Mourinho was in charge, we have no way of playing going forward. We we don't have an identity as a team. And yeah. Every week we come out and we sort of lurch from one disaster of a tactic to another. But actually, we have pretty much the same thing with Solskjaer. Obviously, some games we've, he's likes to set us up really well. You go back to the Tottenham away game last season was brilliant. 
like as you said, use double left backs well this season, use three at the back effectively at times. But we, I, I don't know when I look at this Man United team, I have no sense of what our identity is as a team other than the fact that we're inconsistent. Yeah, and as you say, it's the same kind of issue we saw with Mourinho and probably probably not the, the one we saw with Van Gaal who was very dedicated to his philosophy. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a common thing and, and we've, <laughs> I, think, I think Solskjaer himself is left really frustrated by the fact that we're, we're struggling to, to break down teams defending deep and, and actually Guardiola said quite a similar thing and I'll, I'll play a couple of clips from there post-match press conferences against when, when United beat City because they both said some quite interesting things on, on how United are developing but um, let's move on to, to someone you mentioned in the, in the last minute or so Anthony Martial um, a lot of criticism for this and I think even for the, the most even for the staunchest supporters of, of Anthony Martial his, his biggest backers this was a performance everyone looked at and thought come on you, you're better than this we need to see more than this and, and he's not he isn't stepping up in, in Marcus Rashford's absence now before we we talk about Martial's quality and what he should be doing more. Uh, should we should we consider some of the the mitigating factors? Maybe the first one being the absence of, of Marcus Rashford. And I think it, it, it's not just to say that you haven't got Rashford giving you chances when when you're left with Martial by yourself. It's also the fact that that there's no combined threat, uh, no combined threat with Rashford and and Martial. It, it's pretty hard to to keep both of them out of the game. Um, you can mark one out of the game, but then the other will will find some more space. But when Rashford or Martial plays by themselves, um, they can be they can be marked out. And Martial against Wolves was coming up against three centre backs, and it, it is a hard ask for a forward who's never really thrived in in tight spaces. He's, he's he's flourished when he's been able to to run into space, run at people, get past them, and then find the finish. And he was fouled quite a lot. And I just think he was under so much attention from Wolves because. On one side we had Juan Mata, and on the other side we had a, a really worn-out Dan James. So it, it's something you have to consider when criticising him. I mean, yeah, there are there are certainly a lot of of mitigating factors, not just for Martial to be fair, but I think for the entire team. You know, injuries, tiredness are massive factors for us at the moment, and this winter break has come just at the right time. I think in Martial's case, he, the 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 big thing I think that he struggles with when when Rashford doesn't play is that when the two of them are playing together what they do so well is they they interchange positions so fluidly. You know, Martial often will sort of be the one who's who's playing the more traditional centre-forward role, but you often see their their movement will, will mean that they switch positions relatively often. Martial will often pop up on the left, Rash will pop up in the centre-forward role, and that means that, you know, at least sort of two, three times a game, you'll see Martial get the ball in some space on the left-hand side and be isolated against the full-back, which is where he has always been at his best. It's the, the same conundrum we've had with Rashford and Martial for the last three, four years that they both look their, look at their best playing yeah. from that sort of inside left channel. And when they play together, although one of them isn't there for all of the game, that the way that they play together means that they're quite fluid in, in who, who sets up and what part of the pitch. But when when Martial plays without Rashford, especially when you're playing with someone like Juan Mata out wide, who who won't ever really come inside in, in that far up the pitch, he'll sort of come inside and drop deeper to pick up the ball and look to be the distribute distributor. Martial ends up being quite isolated as a number nine, and then as soon as the ball comes into him, straight away there's three or four defenders around him. And as you said, he's never been a player that's thrived in tight spaces. Having said all of that, though, doesn't excuse the performances. And it wasn't just the Wolves game to fair; it's been a recent trend yeah. in the last few weeks. It's not just been him, but for someone that you'd look at and say, he's now, what, 24? 24, yeah. I think. Should be coming into the prime of his career. And really, in the last three seasons, I don't really think has made any progress. Yeah, I think that's the problem. And it's also, 
as 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 we've said, the, the the space is an issue. The fact that he's not got players playing with him because the attention on on James is slightly less. And I think we said this with James last week actually is that he's got more attention recently, and and that's not helping him either. But there's also the the point we came to earlier in the fact there's not there's no variety in United's attacking setup. But yeah, I'll, I'll mention more on that in a second. But Martial's a, a good finisher. Um, quite an exciting dribbler and has shown himself to be quite a capable header as well but in games against deep defences where there's there's not much chance to dribble he does off a little he's, he's not he's not a physical presence he's not great in the air when it's not um, a chance at goal his movement can be excellent but it can also be really predictable or, or non-existent which is what we kind of saw against Wolves there were, you had Bruno Fernandes behind him he had Juan Mata to the left of him he had Dan James waiting to, to make that run and he just wasn't really getting into the channels and he thought with, with Mata he thought they could have kept swapping over Mata coming in to, to the middle or Martial going over to the left or the right and, and it would have worked and he, again he's not a poacher as well and this is something Solskjaer spoke about after the City game he said we want strikers who'll break their nose to score a goal Martial is, is absolutely Absolutely not that kind of player. So, so when when he does get frustrated in a game, when someone does defend deep, he just doesn't offer that much. And yet, because of what we have seen from him, he's still got this 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 hope that he'll produce a moment of magic where he does get a little bit of space and he manages to, to jink past a few people. And he came he came close to doing it once against Wolves, but he he was just faced with with too many people to make it possible. He got past two, and then and then the third stopped him. Well, I, I think the other the other thing for me, I, I, I've said this. So many times in this podcast, I probably sound like a broken record at this point, but watching Martial frustrates me so much because you get these little nuggets of of evidence to suggest that he could be a genuinely world-class player in it. Sometimes you have to remember the fact that United did put a Ballon d'Or clause in his contract, which now looks a bit ridiculous, but sometimes you watch him... They did him the same and, with Bruno Fernandes, to be fair. Yeah, and, and sometimes you watch him and you, you can see why. But the thing that frustrates me so much about Martial is the fact that his movement lets him down so much. And when you're playing against deep blocks, it is your movement that really is the important thing. I've, I've said this so many times on this podcast, on Twitter. Your movement is what creates space, especially against deep blocks. And it's so important. It's why City, is not, I guess more so before this season, under Pep have been so good and not really getting tripped up by teams that sit deep against them and try and just survive for a nil-nil. Because the movement, the fluidity in the play is so, so good. It creates space everywhere. And... And to be fair, it's not just Martial. It's a it's a problem that's symptomatic of our entire team. But I, he, is, in particular, has always really struggled with his movement. And he is very good on the ball when he can get in some space, but he's not good enough at creating that space for himself. Which is And it's why I've always said I think Rashford will probably end up being a better player long-term than, than Martial. I didn't actually expect it to happen this quickly or for Rashford to be this yeah, good. Yeah. But I think that the it's a lot easier to improve on sort of your finishing or your distribution than it is to improve on sort of that football IQ, that football intelligence that tells you I should be making this run. As soon as Bruno Fernandes or Pogba picks up the ball, I should be running into that space to create space for other players. Rashford has always had that. and I just don't see that in Martial's game. Yeah, on on the point about a lack of variety in United's game, without Rashford, the the wingers aren't particularly threatening. Certainly not when you got Mata and Pereira, which United did against, I think it was Burnley where Mata and Pereira started on the wings. And when Dan James is worn out as well, there's there's no other goal scorers apart from Martial and Rashford. Really, occasionally Mason Greenwood, but it's just the lack of threat from anywhere else on the pitch means the Wolves' defence could really just think, oh, well, we'll mark Martial and and then we'll be fine. And as it turns out, they were. With James worn out, the wingers offering not much. The full backs, even though I think Wambasak has actually improved quite a lot in in terms of his attacking yeah. output, yeah. Um, the full backs offer 
pretty not not much in attack compared to their their counterparts elsewhere in the Premier League. And and Bruno Fernandes might change this a bit, but United's reliance on, on Martial, Rashford and, and sometimes Greenwood means that when one plays alone or even two, the focus is on them and, and defences aren't being dragged apart. Uh, it's such a, a, a non-dynamic approach from United. And it comes down to recruitment, yeah, but also also the coaching. And I think this is where me as, as someone who's, who's really backing Ole Gunnar Solskjaer quite a lot... Um, finds it it really difficult to 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 support him on this point because things things have got to improve and if that as i said earlier if that means bringing someone else in and 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 helping out with that then that's fine if it means signing a different player to help out with that again fine and perhaps bruno fernandez will will be that player because even when martial dropped deep which is can be really frustrating when you've got a center forward doing that rooney rooney did it so much in his in his latter years but when when a, a, a striker drops deep to get involved He'd pick the ball up and, and occasionally his touch was bad and that, that was something else that was frustrating. But there, there were no runners going past him. Yeah, um, that's the He key. was left with... Yeah, it, it, there was no option but to pass it back into midfield to, to Bruno Fernandes, to Pereira, to Fred, whoever it was. And you need someone going past him to give him those options. That just didn't happen enough. That's it. And again, it goes back to the, that whole thing. There just isn't enough organisation. There isn't enough... I, I don't really know. I, I guess sort of training groundwork going into an, a system for us going forward because clearly it's not been discussed it's not been worked on that Martial should be dropping deep because if it was someone would have also said okay that means that Dan James Juan Matt you guys tuck in and push up and become sort of two centre forwards with allowing Martial to drop deep and play almost as a false nine or it means that Fernand or maybe not Fernandez because he's only been there for one training session but or it means that Fred that means you have to make a run beyond you know it just seems like there's a lack of organisation, a lack of clarity in our thinking all the time. And I understand why Martial gets frustrated and comes searching for the ball because so often we we keep the ball for 10, 20 minutes at a time and, and all we seem to do is pass it across the back four in the midfield. And so I, I can totally understand his frustration, but there also needs to be a little bit more tactical awareness, not just from him, but from the coaching staff to say, well, either we're going to make more of an effort to get the ball into Martial's feet quicker and hopefully Bruno Fernandes can help with that. Or we're going to allow him to drop deep, but then we need to have someone who's capable of running beyond him. I mean, Andreas Pereira seems like the, the perfect person for that. We've tried playing yeah. him in a false nine role before this season. It hasn't really worked that well. But especially when you make such a point of pushing him up in place of playing Bruno Fernandes as a number 10, why is he not also being told that when Martial drops deep, he should be the one making a run in front of him? I mean, it, we're not talk- talking about intricate tactical systems here. You know, this is stuff you get taught as a 10-year-old. To be fair to Solskjaer, because I know I've been dragging on him a lot in this episode, but to be fair to Solskjaer, yes, that does go, come down to, to coaching on the training ground, but also that's from the player's point of view as well. Because as a player, you also have to be good enough just during the game to recognise that when Martial drops deep, if you're Pereira, you have to recognise that the middle of the pitch is getting so compact and there's so, so many players in such little space that then you should be going and making that run forward and taking up the space Martial has just left open. So it isn't just on social there. In the game, the players also need to have a bit more awareness and a bit more about them to take advantage of that. Angel Gomez played well for Manchester United as they beat Norwich City 2-1 at Carroll Road. Aidan Barlow returned from his loan at Tromso and scored within 17 minutes, finishing nicely from a chipped Gomez assist. Ali Utreori made it two after 37 minutes and United had gone one goal down after only three. It's a good result in Premier League 2. The under-18s beat Blackburn Rovers 1-0 at Brockhall as Kai Corbett on trial from West Ham scored on his debut and they now play Leeds United in the FA Youth Cup. That's at Old Trafford on Wednesday evening. Tickets are free for United fans and Leeds are 
bringing a fairly big following as well. So that should be a fantastic day. Casey Stoney's players were gutted after Manchester United's women's team drew 1-1 at Reading. Lauren James had put the Reds in front in the 30th minute before a ridiculous handball decision. Uh, it had hit Katie Zellum's chest in the penalty error and that left Reading's Williams scoring a penalty in the 80th minute. United's players tweeting angrily after the game. We'll see what happens with that, but the officiating in the women's game has much to improve. Now, I wanted to, to pull together a few clips from what Pep Guardiola and Oleg and Solskjaer said after the United beat City 1-0 at the Etihad. Um, obviously not a result that, that matters that much because United um, lost the tie in, in, in the League Cup semi-final and the City are going to Wembley. But I found what they said interesting, some quite similar things. Um, so just a couple of minutes of, of, of them talking, not together, but within a few minutes of each other. And I'm pretty sure you see the squad from United is really good, honestly. It's really good. I like a lot the way they play today. I like the way... Uh, you know, Trafford, we play really well. Maybe they didn't expect to play the, the way we played, but I, I, I said, so when we lost here, they don't need much. So the quality of the players up front is incredible. So I think I have the feeling, I said before we, when we lost at home against them, so I had the feeling they are trying to do what the manager only wants, and I think it works. Maybe, you know, they are not consistent in all the games. Maybe at home they are struggling a little bit with the teams they defend deep. But I like so the way they play, the quality of the Lindelof. I saw it in Benfica. Luke Shaw is an incredible type of player. Maguire, I'm not talking about, is one of the best central defenders in the world. So the people up front, they are so fast. Matic and Fred, they are incredible players. Matic is an outstanding player. So uh, I think if you give him time, they, they they will do it. They will come back. What uh, what United was, you know, during many many years. I want to talk about the players and the attitude they're showing and how far they've come. They've come here now twice in six weeks and beat Man City, which is difficult enough in ten years to beat them twice. And we beat them twice in six weeks. Fantastic. The attitude they give us absolutely everything. Even though today we were. Poor at times with uh, with the t- quality uh, with the ball, but that's sometimes they broke uh, broke the our play up really well, won the ball back, got some uh, fouled us a few times, but they, they we spent too many seconds on the ball when we won it. We know that it's going to be in- inconsistent this season and while we're building, but it shows how good we can be and how good these boys can become. So, yes, we want to eradicate them defeats, but I think everyone who's watching us know what we're trying to do. They see what we're trying to do, and we'll get there. We'll add players. We'll, the culture here is, you know, the character attitude. Today, the quality wasn't great. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it, it might happen against... Uh, we need more goal scorers. We need more goals. That's, that's a definite. Uh, I need someone who wants to break their nose to score a goal or their toe. Uh, it doesn't have to be the nice ones. That's we know that, and that I've, I'm challenging them, and I need to challenge them more. Because we can't just score nice goals, and especially games. Even today, we pegged them back at times and played them deep, and they stayed outside the box and defended. But we couldn't create them chances, them moments. We're gonna we're gonna get there, no doubt. Because these players want to learn. They've improved so much. Right, we've we've spoken about Bruno Fernandes. Um, we're we're into the winter break now, so no game to preview this week. United's next game is against Chelsea 
on Monday, February 17th, I think it is, which is United. <laughs> it's ridiculous because they've given us a winter break and then given us a, a Monday night football on the, the week of a Europa League trip to, to Bruges, um, which is brilliant for, for both fans who um, are looking to go down to London and then go down to Bruges as well. Or, yeah, go down to Bruges, isn't it? But also, I mean, they get tired, come back, get a bit of rest, and then suddenly they're playing two games in four days. It, it seems absolutely mind-blowing. But It just seems to defeat the whole purpose of a winter break. Yeah, I mean, in, in, it's a positive thing. We'll, we'll leave it at that, but it could have been done slightly better. Um, anyway, let's, let's talk about Odi Nogalo. I think the main, the main point with this is, is the problem is, is not the signing of Odi Nogalo. And I think, actually, it, it's quite a good signing because Chelsea struggled to get someone, Spurs struggled to get someone, United did manage to get a striker. Um, not, the one that, not the ideal signing, but a six-month loan coming from Shanghai, uh, a player who has played in the Premier League before, a little bit experienced, different to the the kind of strikers that United have at the moment, and perhaps a bit more of of, a, of, of someone who's going to play in the box than than Anthony Martial. Yeah, so the, the problem's not the signing; it's the events that that made this this deal necessary for United to do. It's the fact it took so long. It's the fact United didn't find a target in January, and that makes it slightly slightly sour. But I'm I'm, I'm really excited for Odin Agallo more than anything else. You took the words right out of my mouth. It's Odin Agallo actually in the circumstances is a pretty good signing I think the the problem is that there was a need for the signing but I think I understand why people are so being so critical of this but I think we almost at this point we have to just not completely forget what's happened before but when you're when you're trying to fix things now there's no point thinking about what's gone on in, in the past in terms of your decisions you have to make sure that you're dealing with what you have in front of you right now and what we have in front of us right now is a forward line that has three players fit who are who have had significant first team minutes in Martial, Dan James, and, and Mason Greenwood, two of whom are massively inexperienced. And outside of that, we have pretty much nothing. And and who and it looks like Rashford could be out for another month or two. So we needed a striker. And as you said, look at the way Spurs and Chelsea were chasing a striker, didn't manage to get one in. It is not easy to get top quality play. Excuse me. It is not easy to get top quality players in January, especially not at a decent price. So I think Odion Ogalo, actually, in the circumstances, is a pretty good signing. It's very low risk. It's a six-month loan deal without an obligation to buy. A player with Premier League experience who did pretty well in the Premier League and who offers us something completely different to what any of the other strikers that we have at the club are. Don't get me wrong, this doesn't take away from any of the mistakes that led up to us needing to sign Igalo, the fact that we let Lukaku go without lining up a replacement when Lukaku had made it known that he wanted to leave in February or March of last year doesn't take away from the fact that the depth that we have is is ridiculous or that we're so reliant on Marcus Rashford doesn't take away from any of that and the the fact that we need to sign Igalo is the problem but actually Igalo himself I actually think is one of the better signings United have made in recent times yeah um Joel Ali asked do you reckon Igalo will be an instant hit um I think we've we've gone some way to answering that but also how many goals this season um he's not gonna he's not gonna come in and score 10 goals for United I don't think it'd be it'd be brilliant if he does uh, I think I'm just hoping that he manages to get, to get a couple over the course of the six months but he's, he's basically an option to to be on the bench uh perhaps play in a in a couple of games that are slightly less difficult less important for Manchester United and that is is pretty much it and if he can score somewhere between 5 and and 10 goals that's that's another that's an addition to United when the the current goal scoring charts basically go Rashford on 19 Martial on 
12, I think, and then Greenwood on 10. And then I think it's like Scott McTominay on three or something. Harry Maguire will be catching up in if, if he keeps doing what he yeah. did against Tranmere. So, um, yeah, it's basically just to add five, five to 10 goals. And I, I think that's fine, to be honest. Yeah, five goals would be, honestly, I'd be quite happy with that if, if for a return for Igalo. I think he, he, he would just offer us something different. I think it, it's a positive, as you said, it would be mainly someone to be on the bench, maybe play in the Europa League or against some of the smaller clubs in the Premier League. But I think one really positive thing that we get out of signing him is that when we're in a game like we are against Wolves, when it gets to the 70th, 80th minute, we we can't we actually have someone to turn to on the bench who we, where we can change things. We don't have to bring on a different midfielder or a different fullback to try and switch things up because against Wolves, we had no one on the bench that we could bring on to try and actually change anything. And now we actually have a striker that we can bring on who offers us something completely different to what any of our other strikers bring us. He's a much more traditional number nine and for better or worse, that that's a positive that we have a bit more of a plan B that we can call on if if we need to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I forgot to say something about Fred earlier. Um, while we were talking about the the Wolves and City games against against City, he, again he was he was pretty good and he he has been in really good form. But I think we've we've seen basically what he's capable of, and he's basically pretty pretty useful for United generally. But every time he needs to do something to actually affect the, the score of the game if you like it, it, it's not really there and I, I saw someone tweet um, he's good as long as he's 30 yards away from both goals which kind of sums it up as he's doing really really good work in, in central midfield he's, he's winning the ball back he's improving the tempo for United but he's not offering um, as, as much as some people seem to be suggesting obviously that's going to be Bruno Fernandes' role so it's, it's not too much of an issue I just think it was worth pointing yeah, out Yeah I agree he's not I think the, the best way to describe Fred is is tidy. Yeah, he doesn't, especially in the, in this kind of form, he doesn't really do anything massively wrong. He also isn't the kind of player that you'll see making a massive individual impact on a game at, at either end of the pitch. But he's he's come in and he, he's filled a role really really well. And I think you know a lot of teams have have players like him that ultimately aren't really called on to to make massive impacts at either end of the pitch. They're sort of there to distrib- to distribute the ball to other more talented teammates and in defence to be a bit of a nuisance and that's the role that he's played for us and he's yeah. done it well right we should wrap things up there and hopefully Fred will I think Fred, I think Fred will improve with better players around him as well and you'll you'll start to maybe appreciate the the fact that he's giving the ball to players who, who can do it and that he, he is doing that so yeah we'll see that but we, we should wrap things up and I mean for, for all the uncertainty surrounding Paul Pogba's future the potential of a maybe a four man midfield of Scott McTominay Fred, Paul Pogba and Bruno Fernandes actually starts to get you a little bit excited as a United fan because that is a very well-rounded and very talented midfield four. Yeah, I, th- I think it's probably unlikely, but if you could have that four-man midfield with, with Rashford and, and Greenwood or Rashford and Martial running off each other, Rashford dropping over to the left, um, yeah, it, it, it's it's definitely definitely improved on, on what we had last year. So that that is something to be pleased about. That is a way of time for on Series Five, Episode Twenty Six of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. Thank you for least, thank you for listening. As always, um, if you're enjoying the show, please leave a review on iTunes. It helps us massively um, to help more people find the show, which is is always nice. I mean, it's not particularly why we do it, but it's always nice. Um, for more from Jack throughout the week, you can find him on Twitter at at utd tate t a i t, and you can find me on Twitter at harry robinson sixty four and the podcast itself at utd weekly pod. That's P O D at the end there. Thanks as always for listening. Have a great week. Goodbye.
Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.